Shirt Show. from Imprint Printing Co. down in Florida. Let's go! What's up, dude? Hey. What's up, gentlemen? You're good. Hey, what's up? Not much. How's your day going? Sunday. Eating a pot pie in a minute, hopefully. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was honestly about to go eat food whenever Andy hit me up and he was like, it's at 4. And I was like, oh. he said, he saw my story, I said it was 4.30. Sorry, you can eat on this. Yeah, we're cool with that. <laughs> I'm at the shop. I have empanadas, dude. I went to this Colombian spot and they they gave me like a bag of twenty empanadas. And I think it was I think it was an accident, but I walked out and I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I was like already at the park, you know. That's not a horrible accident to have. Yeah, I just feel bad for them. <laughs> so, are you working today? Are you just doing this here at the shop? I. I was working a little bit today, like met up with some clients and stuff, trying to uh, smooth over some speed bumps that we've hit. Like I just hired a new printer in it and he's a rock star, but he's still, we're still trying to learn how to communicate with like the graphic designer and Printavo. So we just had a few miscommunications with like misprints and we just got to fix them. So just dealing with that stuff. uh, The new printer, was he, did he have experience or is he, did you train him? I actually have trained him and he's actually pretty raw. I'm not going to lie. Like I had AC dudes come the other day and I had, I got stuck at home all day and he was just here knocking them out. It was pretty rad. So awesome. Well, always, I, go ahead. I was going to say, it's always good when you find somebody who actually works out. You know what I mean? However long it works out, it works out. You know, like yeah. some people are in for a while and some people aren't in for a while, you know, and they kind of play their course. And sometimes it sucks when somebody goes, but it's like, at the end of the day, we gotta keep going. Yeah. You know, how long have you? How long have you guys been in the business for, Andy? Um, so I started Shirt Kong in 2009, but I had a shop previous to that. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing it for probably 20 years, I guess. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, I know I look super young. He's but, 900 uh, years old. <laughs> the screen, the screen printing chemicals keep me keep my youth. Uh, yeah, I posted. We were doing a thousand shirts and I posted a video that's like this weird trippy filter. And I was like, when the plastisol hits, like, you just, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that spot gun, the spray eye remover, I mean, I'm always volunteering for that job. Just huffing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, the spray, I just use acetone personally. That's what I use. I, I like, you I saw that in your gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 20 years. <laughs> here, here you go. I just learned something. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, I heard of like an acetone trick and I was like, that's kind of cool. And that stuff's not really that expensive. And then I had the other option and my friend was like, you can buy this stuff and it said poison on it. And I was just like, we're not buying does, that. Does the acetone, uh, does it leave a, like a residue? You on, know, the, on, the, on the dry fits, it kind of does sometimes. It seems to do it on like safety colors. Yeah, I have noticed that. We had a misprint. We tried to just knock them out and then they're like, they dr- we threw them through the oven and we just saw this ring where we sprayed it. Yeah. But if you air dry them, it's actually a lot better. Yeah. Well, and what's really good is, so we have a vacuum, you know, we bought the, it's like a stand and has this, 
draw down vacuum. And so as you spray it out, it, it never really stays wet. So it's instant, you know, because once that, once that chemical sits on there, it'll, that's, I think that's what all of a sudden causes the dye to, it draws it out of the shirt and it'll put a ring on the outside edge of the, of the garment. And so, yeah, if you have one of those vacuums, like an air hockey table almost, you know, it just sucks it out of there. Or you can just not mess up shirts like we do. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's it happens, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to eliminate it, but it seems like there's always another thing, you know. It's always something stupid. It's always like a pinhole in the corner of the screen or on the edge of the palette where you can't see it when you pull it off. You're like, where did that come from? And like you're like, you didn't see it like halfway through the run, and then like it just appears. And then you have to blow out a hundred shirts. I'm not blowing out 100 shirts. <laughs> I've definitely done that, though. I've I've blown out, like, about 60 shirts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, do I think that I may have to blow out 100 shirts? Possibly one day. Yeah. I think it... But you'll, be th- you'll be thinking of us when it happens. Yeah. You be like, fuck those guys. They fucking manifested this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you give me tomorrow. Power. You know that shit's happening to you tomorrow, right? <laughs> we do... We have a decent amount of shirts to print tomorrow, and we have a pretty busy week. We're pretty backed up until we get this auto going. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. So you have a you have an auto, but it's uh, it's not working yet because you just it hasn't been installed. It hasn't been installed, but I thought that because I'm like sort of mechanically inclined, like I can fix a car and stuff. But my friend was like, "Yeah, you should be able to handle it." So I checked it out, and I was just like, "Dude, I have no idea how to handle this at all. It's just a monster that." You know, I don't understand. So I think I need to get a dryer first and foremost. But I I've always, I mean, I think for us anyway, uh, and I kind of talked to you about this when we were messaging that we're mechanically inclined too. And in fact, we can change out a part or whatever, you know, to get yeah. the test going. But on an install, to get it just everything set just right, I yeah. I think it's super worth having a tech come out who does it every day. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know sure. there. It make just make it run right from the get go, and then as you go, whatever you can change out parts and stuff. Dylan, same. You think the same? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think even if it's a couple grand to like pay the tech to come out for a couple days and like level yeah. everything and get everything perfect. Think about the amount of time you're going to save on registration. Like yeah, your yeah. belts aren't right or whatever. Like you're like, oh, I, I don't want to pay that. You know, fifteen hundred, two thousand, or whatever to send somebody out. But it's the thing is like you're going to spend X amount of hours every day. Like trying to line things up or like halfway through a job registration comes out or something. And it's like, like we just had our new gauntlet put in and then I paid to have the tech go through our sportsman too. And like, he found a ton of stuff that like we didn't even know was wrong. Things just just not being, things just not being like lined up right. Or, you know, registration on the pallets and like all this other stuff. And it's like, he, he tweaked it all. Now it's like back to, basically like brand new factory reset. So yeah, I was talking to a tech the other day. He said it's like six fifty to come out a day. Yeah. That's, that's not bad at all. Yeah. He said he, he pays for his own expenses too, which I was, I was like, yeah, let's just make this happen. Yeah. And you're probably in a better spot, right? Like, what do you mean? I mean, as far as like, you probably have techs close by. Um, I'm in St. Pete, Florida, you know, Alan Howe. Yeah. Well, he texted me when he saw like this YouTube video I did. And then he just like connected me with one of his friends. So I think he is out here. Yeah. I don't know where, dude, I'll be honest with you, man. It's like, I started a print shop. I started printing a little, like about 
four years ago, just trying to do, I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Probably Dylan's uh, dog. That fucking yeah. thing's barking all the Seriously. time. Well, like previously, I just started it with like Vulgar, which is like my skateboarding brand. And I just started trying to make my own shirts because to do that printed my shirts sucked. And uh, I hated it, honestly, dude. I was like, didn't know how to do screens or anything, you know? And it was just, but then one day I got an order for like 50 dry fits and I was like, you're gonna pay me to make shirts? Like, okay. Yeah. And so I've like never worked in a print shop and like, this is not my area of expertise, you know? I just like business, you know? But the whole like shirt printing aspect of it is just like, it's insane how, how, like, it, how far it can go. You know, um, so, so I have I'm the same as you. I've never worked in a print shop besides mine. You know, I started yeah. in my garage just as a hobby and sort of like you, somebody said, Hey, I'll pay you to make some shirts. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. And I did, and I actually messed some of most of them up. Yeah. Had to redo it. And then, uh, so the first job didn't go well. <laughs> my first real job actually didn't go well, but. I mean, dude, I had black pinholes everywhere all over them. Like, I, it was the first time I ever messed with plastisoling, and I was I was just like, oh, it's a long run. I'm like, I guess I gotta get plastisoling. And next thing you know, it was like all over my fingers and stuff. And at this point, dude, I was using my oven in my kitchen to cure shirts. Like literally sitting there folding them and putting them on cookie trays and just like folding them. I have like black ink all over my hand when I take it off the platen. And I didn't know about a goof gun at that moment in time. So. Uh, I was pretty much screwed that some of them were burnt. I was like curing them with my, my iron and, and shit. Dude, it was crazy. Dylan, how did you start? Have you, have you ever printed a shirt or do you just have your, have you ever printed a shirt? Yeah. <laughs> um, your guys just print them for you or what? Yeah. I just, I just, <laughs> I just have all my guys do it for me. No, like, that's see, the, like that's, that's, to do. that's the weird part of like the way I started is I, I've always been in the sales part of it. Like that's, that's how I originally started was I was outsourcing printing to a company and then they hired me to go work there and then I just did sales for them but like I feel like when you're working at the shop doing sales you should also go out and like help do things and like learn everything you can about screen printing so that's kind of been me this entire time is like I I'm not a normal printer but I can go out and print stuff like I know how to do it and I do stuff for myself or I do like stuff for upstate like on my own time, just as like a hobby thing. But for the most part, like, yeah, I'm not day-to-day printing at all. Like I'm in the office yeah. doing like managerial stuff, running the business, marketing, all that stuff. So that's where I'm, I'm also, now. yeah, I'm also like the owner too. So like, it's my responsibility to do nothing but like educate myself all the time <laughs> as much as possible on like new things. And then when it comes to learning a new thing and showing the guys, like I kind of have to learn it first and then like yeah. talk to them about it. So I'm not, by definition, a printer, but like I immerse myself in the shit all day, every day. So, I mean, as long as you have a tribe and you figure out like what it is that you're good at, you know, you can allocate different, different yeah. portions of it. Like me, I'm good at the sale, the selling aspect, you know, and like mm-hmm. I printed because it was a necessity because I was just selling, you know, I just kept selling, kept selling. So I just had to learn how to do it because right. nobody else was doing it, you know? So right now, Emmett's printing. And he does all the print. And I just sit here, mess with like Zapier Zaps for Printabo and just like mess with like email campaigns and just trying to like, we just did a pretty dope little ad the other day when we were printing shirts, just had some homies come over and film. We like cooked up steak, shrimp, just had all the homies here just getting it done. That's how you do it, dude. Yeah, it's just fun, bro. Like, It's like, do we go out and, you know, 
put something up in the air and if we have to get our creative juices flowing, like, yeah, dude, we just have a good time here. It's just like a, just like a chill, chill place. Yeah. You know? So I never wouldn't want to be like a boss, you know, like I want to be like a leader. So yeah, no, it makes sense. I got this email uh, the other day. It's called, and it's titled Krulax Law or Krulax Law. Not sure which. And it says the experience people have with your brand is in the hands of the person you pay the least. And so it says act accordingly. This involves training, trust, responsibility, leadership, dignity, authority, management, and investment. It mostly means seeing the frontline people in your organization are priceless assets, not cheap cogs. So I'm, yeah. I think that's a lot to, um, it made me think because, you know, the people that, the customer service or the salesperson, because you said that it's important uh, that you know how to print, like Dylan said, you know, like uh, those people that come in our front counter or the people that call here or the people that email and we communicate with every single day, um, man, that's, that is your front line, you know? And so it's, it's super important to, I think, know, know how to print. And so that's why everybody here. So if they're a graphic, if they're a designer, if they're a customer service, no matter what, you're going to spend some time on press or at the dryer or something, just so you know, what you're talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. Just so that everybody's kind of on the same page. Yeah. I definitely heard of shops though, that do that where like their first month of training is like going through every aspect of the shop. Like, just you know, like you're like, yeah, like your first day and like first day or two in the shop is like cleaning screens. And then like the next thing you're doing is like pulling shirts off. And the next thing you're doing is maybe helping the guy in the manual. I think that's awesome. I mean, cause then you have an appreciation for right. other people. Then you know, like what goes sure. into it, you know, you can actually say like, Oh yeah, like this ink will work good on this shirt. Cause if you just were selling you nothing, you'd be like, Oh yeah, we can do this all day long. But the truth of it is, yeah, like, yeah, it's, like not you gonna, can't do that. it's not going <laughs> to print like that or, you know, whatever. So I've never done that, but I mean, it sounds it sounds good to do that. I mean, I try to, like I said, educate everybody on it, but usually, usually everybody in the shop ends up getting education from mess ups. Yeah. If something gets fucked up. Then we kind of go back through and I'm like, well, how did this happen? Why is this? And then they obviously learn from those mistakes, but for sure. That's a great way. I mean, failing is like the greatest teacher of all time. You know? Yeah. Well, it sticks That's why it's like whenever you said you just like, you never had a job where you sold where you couldn't get it done. You know, it's like, I, I remember one time I sold uh, like windbreakers and they had like a double shell and I had no idea I needed like a jacket hold down. And I, I was like, yo dude, can I print these at your, your shop? To so my friend PJ, who like taught me how to print and like I would outsource orders to. Now I'm like still outsourcing orders to him, but it's like, it's like, yo, here's a job, here's a job, here's a job, you know? And yeah. uh, he's just like, what are you going to do with those? And I, dude, I just went to Home Depot, got some foam and like two by fours and just fucking fit it on the plat and just got it, just did it. You know? And they came out all right? They came out straight, dude. There was probably like five of them out of 50 that, you know, like looked a little fucked up, but <laughs> they came out straight. That's awesome. You know? I got like the uh, Nyla Bond and everything for it. Yeah. That's sweet. That. Yeah, we, uh, we did windbreakers like a long time ago tried them out and did everything like did the research and then we we just made up our minds after that we're like we're not doing these ever again <laughs> yeah, that, i haven't touched the windbreakers since. no i even <laughs> bought the hold down and i don't think it's ever been used like it's literally just sitting on a shelf i just heard the camos and they were bad said they were cotton they're not fucking, i mean something in there ain't fucking cotton no dude anything with camo on it is gonna bleed you just gotta be prevent preventative regardless yeah. I saw um, Squeegee Print hit Juan's post the other day and he printed over a pocket. I've tried so many times and so many things. Like I got the neoprene foam and everything. Mm -hmm. And have you ever printed on a pocket, like over top the pocket? 
over the whole pocket. Yeah. So the, so you print the shirt and then it also goes on the front, like the left pocket, you know, prints over it. Does it not mess it up? No, no, it looked great. <laughs> I don't know. We got to call him, ask him how he did it. How would you do that? Would think. you just heat press it down afterwards? No, it looked like it looked. You're saying that like the front print went over the pocket as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you probably, probably used a phone. <laughs> you can hire somebody to figure that out. Yeah, I have uh, I have some links. Uh, there's like a foam you can buy that you can put on. It's kind of like the mat from a heat press, but thinner. Yeah, like a neoprene. Yeah, foam. and you just put it on all the pallets, like spray tack it down on all the pallets. And then that's how you do like hoodies with zippers. With zippers, right. Yeah, yeah. we finally figured that out. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Do it anyway. <laughs> but I'm in, I'm in Florida, dude. I'm not really doing that many hoodies. Even like during the winter, you know, I got, I didn't really get that many. It doesn't get too cold out here. That's not a terrible thing. Sometimes it is so hot outside right now. Yeah. It's but, like, it's like 58 degrees here. What? <laughs> I don't even know the temperature outside. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. We got 80s here in St. Louis. It's probably 80s, 80s, 90s. Nah, it's probably 90s here. It's super Dylan, hot, dude. Dylan's always cold, though. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Scott has, uh, like, furry slippers on and stuff, too. I'm sure. Dude, I have, I have awesome Sasquatch sandals. Like, not sandals, but, like... Let's see. I'll have to, Put your money where your mouth is, dude. All right. Well, fuck. You guys keep in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do Yo, that behind is... you, that painting? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I'll show you these boards that I actually pressed myself and screen printed. you want to see them? Yeah. Let's see. All right. One second. So I used to, uh, I started that, that screen printing or the skateboarding company and I used, I bought a skateboarding mold with like a hydraulic press and everything. So I literally like glued all of these together and pressed them in a hydraulic mold and like sanded them out, routed them and like screen printed them, dude. You know? Wow. Yeah. They're, they're not pretty... flat. So how do you, how do you print them? <clears throat> uh, so basically I just got a really big like screen, you know, or a, you got a pop screen actually. And I just, you have to like hold the squeegee right it's weird i think i think i did it the wrong way i think there's other ways to do it especially if you want to go like around the curve and stuff there's this dude named caspit out in texas that's just oh yeah he's a g at it you know him uh well not personally but i know i've seen videos for sure everybody knows who he is yeah Yeah. he, he, he told me how to print them too he was like mad like dude come skate the bowl whenever you get out here he was cool so yeah there's a there's a video I'll try to find and send you of a, a shop that just does nothing but um, skate decks. It's actually like a skate company, but they make the frames. So they like make the wood. It like kind of goes straight and then it goes down a little bit and curves yeah. and it goes back around. And that's all you they can, do is print decks. You can do that too. I just wanted to know how to burn a screen like that, you know? Yeah. Catspit was uh, like rehabbing a Camaro and it was the fi- exact Camaro like I, my first, very first car was a Camaro, a 77 Camaro. Yeah. 305. Back and, uh, in 77. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was 1977, too, you know, brand new off the lot. No, but he was, uh, he was, um, he was rehabbing a, a Camaro and um, I was like, oh my God. And so I, we messaged back and forth a little bit about it. What was your first car, dude? My first car? Yeah. Fucking Mercury Mistake. Mercury yeah. mistake. Yeah, it's called a mistake, but it was a fucking mistake, dude. <laughs> like that thing caught on fire, bro. Like I was smoking cigarettes and stuff at the time, and black and miles and stuff. And I think I went to go do some graffiti at the time, 
just doing shit that I wasn't supposed to do. And I came back and my car was just fucking on fire. And I was like, you know, the apartment <laughs> complex and like, I had spray paint in there, so I reached in and tried to grab it, and then the doors opened, so it caught, like, two other cars on fire. It's, like, four in the morning. It was a bad – it was – I was glad to get rid of that car. You know? You didn't have to get rid of it. It was on fire. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was – and so, like, I called 911. I was like, guys, I need your help. They're like, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a – it was a mess, dude. Look for the giant car fire. Yeah, they found us. <laughs> I actually got 500 bucks from insurance because of it. Like didn't have to pay anybody or anything. It was kind of cool. So you made out like those. Yeah. yeah. You got those slippers going. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see those slippers. Those are oh sick. My God. <laughs> Dude, they're, my, they're my Bigfoot slippers. You should do a, you should do an engagement ad with them. <laughs> Just they're like funky. we, we they're make huge. your shirt experience comfortable. Yeah. How comfortable? Ask Dylan. This is my my hair. I just glued it on. I don't even know where that. I don't want to know where that hair came from. (laughs) It's it's very straight. Do you guys ever watch Jackass? Mm -hmm. You remember that episode when they like they put the the pews on the dude's face and then (laughs) they like made him act like he was a terrorist. You remember that? I don't think (laughs) that. I don't think that shit would fly nowadays. No, dude, you would get shot by somebody, dude. <laughs> you know, just some, like, I feel like with the whole, like, presidential thing, it's, like, so overstimulating, like, the marketing of it. It's just, like, fuck, man, I'm just going to shut this shit off. <laughs> yeah. Dude, somebody would just, something would happen. I think somebody all the guys, not all the guys, but a bunch of the guys from there had, fell on hard times. Maybe except for Johnny, or, you know, he. I think, I don't know what he's doing now, but. Man, small, small acting roles here and there. Yeah, I guess. I mean, how far are you going to get ahead with like your little terrorist role where you like got <laughs> your ass being pubes on your face? They kind of fucked those dudes over. <laughs> you know? They inspired a generation though, watching this stuff on YouTube and these <clears throat> nuts. I'm friends with those dudes on MTV that do, well, I'm friends with Chadwick, uh, the two stupid to die dudes. They just do dumb shit. You know, just like, he like he was like wanted to use my skateboard and jump on it barefoot with thumbtacks off of it like a hippie jump, and I'm like, I'll let you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So I first uh, first time I I don't know if we actually formally met, but we were at ThreadX and yeah. um, they threw you that cube, you know, microphone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you asked about um, funnel marketing or something like that. Yeah, he was like, Wasn't what, it? What? What, did you, what were you talking about? <laughs> just like creating a sales funnel of like, I, I, was it, I, dude, I just like sales funnels and I just like psychology of marketing, you know what I mean? Like I want to build like, I want this to become like an automated selling machine, you know? So I want well, tell ads me about to that. Draw. So basically like I want to create like an internal trigger, you know, and I want that internal trigger to be like people being successful because I'm all about like the positive affirmations, you, you know, and I could, I could promote that to people that want to grow their own businesses and want to grow up their own brands, you know? So I just want them to be triggered by that. And when they think about success, I want them to think about me and shirts and their brand, you know, and just growing. So different things that go into like a funnel. So basically that, that, that emotional trigger, I want them to hook in and I want them to like go to my Instagram and then like have ads that are targeting them for this. And then they visit my website and then, 
I can retarget them and segment them on the ad that's like based on like if they're going to the anvil section of my catalog, you know, and just hit them with the anvil deal, you know, just, I just want to stay top of mind with them. You know, so that ad, how would that ad reach them? You're saying that ad would come <clears throat> as a sponsored. It would be a sponsored ad through a Facebook pixel. Okay. Like and do would, you guys, it would you come to Facebook? them on Instagram or Facebook or email or what? It really depends on what platform you have, like it targeted them. You can target it, to, like let's say you have an ad that might perform better on like a story, or if you have an ad that might perform better on Facebook than it would on Instagram. You know, you can choose all of those. I got you. But auto placements are the way to go, so that you can really start seeing like your people are clicking onto your stuff. You know, do you have? Do you guys have Facebook Pixel? No. I no? think I do, but I don't know how to work, how to use it. <laughs> well you just like okay. it's free to install mm. so you just install that and then uh put it on your page once you put it on your website you can have your whole website when you're boosting ads don't do it through like the boost post thing you want to do it through like the actual like go to the facebook business manager and go through there and you can create custom audiences and stuff like that you know it's actually pretty pretty fucked up you know, but if, like, like if, if it's, if it's there, I'm going to use it, you know? Yeah. Like it always happens to me. I think even when I'm talking about something, like if I say, Oh, I really love, uh, ice mountain water. All of a sudden it's in my, it's in my feed on Instagram. Like five minutes later. It's not even that it heard you. It's like literally something that's an algorithm that has been learning your pattern. Like how long have you had social media for? Um, you mean the, uh, as a company? No, you as a person. Um, I guess, I signed into Facebook probably in 2008. That was my first. 2008, so mm-hmm. 12 years, dude. It's been collecting data on you and it's creating an algorithm of who it, who it thinks you are. It knows what you want before you even want it, Annie. Exactly. So it's not listening to you, bro. It just knows you. <laughs> yeah, that is fucked up. <laughs> it is, but dude, you opted in for it. I sure did. You know, just for the social experiment. I mean, Facebook and all that stuff plays on your like, your internal, your it, it's called a, it's called a, uh, um, what is it called? What is it called? Well, it's an instinct, an irrational instinct is what it's called. So we want to help people as humans. We want to help people. We want to reach as many people with our messages as we can. So Facebook allows us to do that at a, at, at a very scalable level, you know. So that's why we're so like into it. Like iPhone, you got like, do you guys have iPhone? iPhones? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That really plays upon like our like uh. The, like our mating stuff because it's like a peacock, you know, like we're going to be, oh, oh, I have an Apple phone. Like that dude must be a little bit more st- like stable, you know, it just plays upon these like weird emotions and stuff. That's I know when I, really I, know when I get in my car, it says, uh, oh, it's five minutes to Panera or you're 10 minutes from home, depending on what time it is. Or I get in my car, it knows, it knows what I'm doing for sure. What the I fuck think kind that, of car do you uh, drive? I got a Harley, so it doesn't oh, no, say my that phone. to me. My phone tells me that, not what? my car. Yeah, my phone says it, but I'll have. What, uh, you, what kind of surveys are you taking? <laughs> <laughs> your your iPhone doesn't tell you that you're ten no. minutes from home, dude. I no. turned off all my notifications, dude. I'm trying to focus. Mm. Do I get sucked into Instagram sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Especially with what's going on in the world right now, shit's fucked. <laughs> I feel how, like uh, how involved are you in all that stuff? Uh, honestly, dude, I'm minding my own business. I mean, like I've tried to talk to some like, um, mayors and stuff like that and deputy mayors in our city. I talked to Charlie Chris the other day, but 
they're just like professional smoke blurs, you know? So I think my best plan of action is to just like, uh, really just focus on my business and building my wealth. And then maybe I can get like involved politically later on in life, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> when I actually have wealth to actually make stuff move. Right. So I want to get in like to houses and stuff like that and just really start getting into real estate. Really imprint is just like a startup for me, you know? Just like showing me what I'm like, what is capable and what is out there, you know? Cause like I've been flipping websites, dude, not going to lie. Like the whole COVID thing, I, I sold two websites I sold one website for five grand and I sold another website for six, uh, 6.2. And like, that was one more, more income than any of the bigger screen printing jobs I got, you know? What, so, were, like, the, what were the websites? Uh, one of the websites was the foodielabs.com. And then the other one was Thorpe Chiropractor, which we're working on right now. We're just working on putting data in there and stuff. But you just tell people like, yo, do one saw a pixel on your site so you can retarget your ads. And like the older generation is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Mm -hmm. like what is a what is a pixel you know and um that's what really helped us with the through the whole covid thing honestly just helps people side hustle home and everything side hustle fueling the the main hustle right so what's your what's your end game i guess with with that are you going to try to just like grow this company to sell it and do something else or I think what I really want to do is just figure out a way to automate automate it and like that may be a little bit more like a lot harder than I think it is. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> really what I want to do is turn imprint into like a digital and physical marketing hub. So like people can, like we have embroidery machines and stuff and we have like, we, if we, if it's such a big job for something that we can't do, like let's say we need a truck wrap or something, we can outsource to that, to one of the people that outsources jobs to us for shirts, you know? But like, I just want it to be a digital physical marketing hub so I can help people build brands, help them market it, like get in front of the right people, like help them create a story and just kind of consult them too. I like, I like shirts, you know, but I feel like the whole building of a brand is actually pretty rad. Yeah. You know? And if I can get people in play, like the, the websites I made, dude, I outsourced it. And I, my friend's girlfriend in Colorado, I paid her like a thousand dollars to do the first one, 1500 bucks to do the next. Like and she handled the whole thing. It seems like with your model that have you looked into doing much digital printing? as far as like for shirts and stuff? Cause you're saying you want to get people to come to your site, have everything be automated. Are you looking for like the small piece stuff where somebody might be like, I want five of this and then you can uh, mark it up and digitally do it or you want to do everything screen printing? I want to do everything screen printed. I mean, I did just bump it up to like a 24 shirt minimum, but if it's a really small job, like I'm not really trying to run it. You know, I understand people are like, I understand people like are just getting started out and they're worried and stuff, but I, I want to like, I like, try to let them know as like somebody that started a business from the ground up also that like whenever I spent money, it always came back, you know, and you always have to like circulate that. So like, there's like just ways to talk people into getting more shirts. I don't want to be the digital shirt dude. That's just like, Oh, you want one or two shirts? Like they already got that downtown and like those dudes had to shut down during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've just found like from my own experience of like doing marketing and Facebook stuff like that, that, and that's kind of why I stopped doing it. I just, I, I dove into it a little bit to get, you know, my knowledge on it from what yeah. I could. And then I feel like most of the jobs I got from that were people that were hunting for like, what's your minimum? So, or like, I need five shirts for this thing or whatever. And it's like, for sure. So that's why I didn't know if like, you seem like you want to dive harder into that aspect. I didn't know if the digital thing made more sense for you. Cause for me, it's more, I want to dive into <clears throat> 
dealing with customers in my specific niche that know me from the work I've done. And then, you know, they tend to order, you know, higher higher quantities. So see, I'm still trying to figure out where my niche is, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, there's vegan restaurants where I do a lot of their stuff. I might dive into that niche, you know, and then like, I don't know. I have such a, such a broad span of people that I make shirts for. I mean, I guess I'm just becoming like the local business dude. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it just is what you're into. Like you should find a niche. That's something that you're actually into yourself. For sure. I tried to do the skateboarding thing, but they're broke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we did the same thing. We were all band guys and then we, we did nothing but bands and then we found out they have no money. Uh, (laughs) So then we started looking for other things that we were into. Like I said, well, a lot of us are into like comics or, you know, some of us are into motorcycle stuff and, yeah. So we ended up diving into those niches and we do a ton of work for those guys. So how would you dive into those niches? Just like going to events and stuff? He slides into their DM. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, honestly it is that it's just like making connections with people that, that actually makes sense. You're not like trying yeah. to salesman people, you know what I mean? It's like, like me say for motorcycles, for instance, like I like motorcycle stuff anyway, cause I ride motorcycles and whatever. So my own Instagram has, I follow people like that because I like that stuff. Like yeah. it has nothing to do with business. It has nothing to do with anything. I just like the stuff. And then it turns into one of those people ends up needing a service that you offer. Yeah. So then you end up, you know, <clears throat> contacting them and, and sliding into their DMS and then, uh, you end up talking to them about like, how can you help them? And then flare with, with them a little. Right. But then it's the thing is like, you're not trying to be salesy. You're just like legit. Like, Hey, I love what you do. And I, I can offer a service to you that I know I can help you out with and crush. For sure. So I like sales, but I don't like the whole like repetitive salersperson kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like I actually genuinely want to help people. Right. I feel like businesses. you get, I feel like you get way more stuff out of it. If you're, genuinely love what you're doing and then they end up telling way more people because of how you helped them and the great job you did and then you just it's a spiral after that it's like for sure you just like, get a ton of stuff in that niche when you first started like with the business it's like you're just paddling on a wave for so long and i just i feel like i'm starting to get to the point where i'm standing up a little bit and like got wobbly knees you know and i'm like please <laughs> mm-hmm. but i understand what you're saying about the niches i'm just i've never really like I like motorcycles and I do like vegan food too. But like I do a lot of restaurants and breweries and I don't, I don't drink beer at all. You know? Yeah. I don't drink alcohol at all. So maybe that's not like the right niche for me to be well, in. Well, some of those, some of those go hand in hand though too. It's like, like I said, we could do motorcycles, but a lot of those motorcycle guys like riding to breweries or like doing this. And it's like, yeah, that's how you end up in those other niches that might not be like perfect for you. It's like, say the brewery thing, like a motorcycle guy might be really good friends with the owner of a brewery. And then you do stuff for that brewery guy. And then he tells 10 other breweries and then it's like, Holy shit. Yeah. Now I'm doing a ton of brewery stuff. So you just never know where it's going to go. But like I said, I would just focus on things that you know, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you really love vegan food, like you could easily walk into a vegan restaurant and start talking to them about like veganism. Yeah. Or even design a shirt. Right. You know, yeah, because Dylan, you've done that before too. You know, just mm-hmm. do them, do a one-off or whatever, or even a dozen shirts, and say, "Hey, I love your place," and you know, here's a dozen shirts, and yeah, they'll be like swag when he's huge. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, some of our, we've got some giant accounts that we run merch for, for restaurants, you know, like yeah. the barbecue places keeps us busy. You just so, did some of those, right? For us, we did. You for said? the barbecue place? Yeah, we have a couple, we do a couple of barbecue uh, restaurants around here, a couple of their, their merch programs. See, the problem, yeah. I, the problem I have with that is that I would just want to trade them. <laughs> yeah. I feel well, that. That's real. <laughs> I have like, so I'm like bring like fully cater for like a week and like I'll bring you some shirts. He said something about trading a dunk tape. Andy said something about trading a dunk tape for like pizza and I was about to call out. And just <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, dude, I'll call ahead. You know what we got for that? We got White Castle. How Seriously? many? Do you How have many? White Castle there? Uh, we have crystals. Two hundred packs. No, no, just two, two, oh. six hundred, <laughs> I guess. And I had, I knew my limit. I just have one because. After that, it's danger zone. Somebody I think had seven. You know, like that's that's. Over. They're just in the bathroom. The whole shit. <laughs> it's like you are not productive today. The White yeah. Castle ones are the tiny ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had Chris. How can you only have one? Come on, man! Like, because it was <laughs> one. Those those are those are killer. They uh, they have. Um, I hadn't had one in like ten years, so. Uh, uh, they're so not good for you. No deal. Next time, no. Nope. Live your lives, guys. Dude, I live my life. I eat food all the time. Like, we did a thousand shirt job, and I just like went out to this place just to like soak in it because that was the biggest job that I've ever had. And I spent like thirty bucks on skirt tape just because I was like, "Fuck it, just gonna do it." <laughs> and then like we went and bought groceries just like the night before for like a third of what we just spent that night. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, "Whatever, yeah. who cares?" That's so, awesome. I mean, I don't do that very often. I'm actually pretty frugal. You guys do that profit first stuff? Yes and no. I I read it and I liked a lot of what he was saying. And yeah. basically, I went the route of, and I kind of already did this a little bit, but it, it made me want to pursue it more, is basically don't like float money around and then eventually like order shirts and like whatever, like chemical and whatever else you need. Basically what I do is at the end of every day, every order that came in that day, say it's like 15, 20 orders came in and paid that day at like three, four o'clock. I order all those orders, like everything that's needed for those. And if I need to order inks or whatever, I order everything. So basically at the end of that day, I already have, all of the you know materials that I need. So that whatever money I have left is generally like the profit or like yeah. the payroll. So to me, just like double downing on that and like making sure that I do that every day. Cause you feel like, like in all honesty, like I feel like if you don't do that and you wait like a week and then you're like, I'll order this stuff later, I'll order this then like you end up getting in a hole because you don't, you might come across a piece of equipment or something you want to buy and you're like, oh, I can buy that. And then you find out, shit, I spent too much. And now I don't have enough to buy, you know, pay for the materials for an order. So it's like. Yeah. I do have a problem with that, like ordering stuff the same day. Mm-hmm. I kind of procrastinate on that. I feel like I feel like once you do that, it's a huge weight off your shoulders just knowing that you're like everything's covered. Like you're not going to screw yourself later. You mean so you order your shirts and you're saying you pay you pay for that immediately? Like when yeah. you order the shirt? I don't, don't ever terms? do terms. I don't ever do terms. I don't do terms either. I just, mm-hmm. I pay, I pay with, pay I pay with way. my card right then and there and it's done and over with. I just get it over with. Well, that, there's a fee to that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, 
There is a fee. Yeah, they it. There is a fee unless you talk them out of that fee. <laughs> what fee are you talking about? There's well, a credit so card fee. So you put, let's say you put a dozen shirts in your cart. Oh, 3%? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I have that, I'm always price matching them. Dude, I have I that like wage. I, down so low anyway. I don't have that fee. Get out, get out of here. Get out of here with that. You because, can definitely get them waived. Because I give like each of them like a million dollars in business. They're like, oh, we'll waive the fee. That's fucking awesome, dude. I want to do million dollars in sales so bad. They did, yeah. I don't. I don't pay shipping. I don't pay the fee. I mean, I get a really good rate on apparel, but yeah, I just they they ended up just waiving the fee for me. So, because that was the thing, is they were like, "You want to do terms? You want to do terms?" The only time I ever consider doing terms is if I get like a big company, like a school or somebody who has to do terms, like has to do like thirty days or whatever, and they're like, you know, this order is like twenty thousand dollars that I don't want to float. Um then I'll ask for terms, but it's always like, I'll get a term sheet for that order specifically. I won't have like generalized terms. I'll just be like, Hey, this is an order I need. They'll be like, okay, you have 45 days or whatever. And yeah. then, you know, I'll get paid on the 30th day and then I have 15 extra days, but. You buy some SNS or Broder or who? Broder, SNS, TSC, uh, and Sanmar are like my top four, but like Broder and SNS are like my definite go-tos and i've been using a lot more sns lately i like i've been using sns because alpha's been kind of pissing me off like there are lambda stores still closed and like everything else is opening up and yeah i price matched them with sns one time and then they like on a, a pretty decent size order and then they like uh they just said they couldn't approve the price matching and i was yeah. like what you do it every time yeah i i used broder for years at, well it used to be bodic and roads was like my favorite and then they got bought out and then um i used broder for 98 percent of my orders for years yeah and then um sns came along and they told me basically the reason why honestly why i switched to sns mostly is because we use a ton of independent trading for hoodies and stuff yeah and uh they carry it and they were willing to price match like me ordering stuff from independent. So oh, they right. put you on a, uh, like an incentive freight advantage program. I yeah. Think. I don't, I don't pay any freight on any independent. That was and the thing. A, and do you get a rebate in, in February for mm -hmm. your, for your year? Well, I've only been using independent or um, SNS like mostly for, almost a year now so Dude, you guys are on such a different level let's see <laughs> call your uh rep from sns if so if sns is your favorite yeah and, and or, or you know you work well with then um ask them ask your rep and say hey i want to get on an incentive program and so uh you know they they say okay well if you do it looks like you did this x amount of sales last year and here's your program to do x amount this year and if you meet that number then February you get a rebate and you negotiate that rebate. And then also that freight advantage is, is pretty sick because you know, every, every shirt that hits your dock, every box that hits your dock uh, totals up for another percent uh, for it like goes in this little kitty that you can use. If you, let's say you mess a shirt up or whatever uh, you have this amount or this, this little, you know, when you go to buy, buy that shirt to replace it, well, you just use that, use the freight advantage like that credit yeah just told it just starts to add up and accumulate and so it's called an incentive program um but those are two different things so the incentive program is just a program you can get in without the freight advantage part uh and so the incentive program is just 
uh, sort of a, a deal you work out because then that way SNS says, okay, well, we're going to try to incentivize you to buy o- only from us or mostly from us. We're going to be your exclusive or your, not your exclusive, but your main supplier. Yeah. And, and because of that, sort of like your credit card rewards, you know, you have that favorite credit card that you use that you get rewards back at the end of the month or whatever. They, they, they incentivize you to use that card because your rewards are, are better than, than others. And so that's not the same thing. You know, they give you this rebate at the end or, you know, in February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually never had a credit card. Dude, dude so, I, I'm okay. against credit cards too. I do have a credit card and I only use it for travel. But um, I was I was against it for a really long time, but that's another thing on top. So Andy, you're using you're using terms for all your orders, and you're just paying like a bill at the end of the month. Uh, so we I use so we yeah we have terms with SNS, and um, I just log in every week. I'll log wow. in for a moment and, and I'll pay the bill. Click on yeah, you click on the invoices, so I'll click off of a week's worth of invoices, and it's link. I have a you know link to our checking account. And I just Right. And so, so that's like zero. so that's like with me and my card that I use to pay for everything. Um, I signed up for cash back on that card. So at the end of every month, I get one and a half cash back on everything I use that card for. So if I'm ordering all the shirts and everything, like I'm getting like a thousand dollars back every month. What? For that's- just my one percent. That's for a, using that card on all my shirts. So I can just take that thousand dollars and use it for whatever I want because it's just my like reward. You're like using your my card. reward for yeah. that's for a credit card? Yeah. Well Is that it's, how you got those uh slippers? Yes. These were a thousand dollar slippers. Each. Yeah. They're <laughs> actual it's just a Bigfoot's foot cut off and hollowed out for me to fucking enjoy as I walk around my house eating cookies. I wonder if the incentive program that re- you know that adds up to being I wonder which is better you know well I'm gonna we, call I'm gonna call them on Monday and be like dude what the fuck is this incentive program <laughs> <laughs> you always have that one rep at Alpha Brother that's like yeah I'm more than glad to help you and they're like yeah. fucking pissed and they're like yeah I understand <laughs> like, like they're so yeah. nice <laughs> I mean, I have, like I said, I have zero complaints between Broder and SNS. I mean, they each have their own. The one thing that screws me with SNS a lot is if you order shirts, like say you're going through an ordering and you're like, okay, I need green. And you, you put in all the sizes that you need for green. And then you uh, like hit like add to cart. And then you're like, shit, I need to add more green. It always defaults back to white. So like oh, all the fucking time, Chris will come in who counts all the stuff in. He's like, dude, why'd you just order like 150 white shirts? And I'm like, yes. fuck. I've always had like those moments where I was like, what are these shirts? You know, like you I have like all the 50 time. shirts or something. You're like, I was like, why do I have 50 next level 3,600 warm braids? I'm like, <laughs> oh, well. Like, I'll do, I do it all I'll the do time. something with them. Or like That's I'll so accidentally funny. go to put five in for like extra, extra larges and I accidentally put 50 or like 55 and then I'll end up with like 50 <laughs> extra shirts. I mean, then you can just use those for promo. I just send them back. You can do that too. Yeah. I send them back sometimes. I'm still figuring out the whole like UBS coming to pick up from a warehouse because like we're about three months into having the HQ and I was like running my shop out of a like 10 by 20 canopy tent in my backyard. Seriously? Dude, a storm. Dude, fucking rainy-ass Florida. Dude, my, my tent got taken away like two times from a storm. Your shop was in a tent. 
So he can pull that off was though, under in Florida. a canopy yeah. tent in the backyard, dude. It was amazing. That's crazy. Until like the storms came. I lost like <laughs> a gallon of ink. I was like getting my motorcycle endorsement and I came back from the class and the Uber driver dropped me off and I like just looked and my shop was like just in shambles, dude. I was like, oh my God. That's crazy. We've been through it, dude. I dropped one of my presses too. Moving to the warehouse. That sucked. Dropped it <laughs> off of a truck, you mean? Yeah, well, like, we were in, the, it was in a trailer. It was like the end of the day, last few items and like, I guess we didn't strap it down. And my friend was like, dude, that thing's bouncing. And I was like, nah, whatever, it's fine. And we looked back and it was just in the middle. Of the, we were in the south side, which is like the hood. So it was just like this huge press. Just, we had an hand tag. It fell in the middle of the hood. And we're just like shirts off, like trying like to scavenge In the road, it. you mean? Dude, it was in the road. Like we're lucky it didn't fall on somebody's car, dude. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was just trouble. That's awesome. Those are the good yeah. things, though. Those are the stories that you can always, like, that, pretty much my whole life, like, that's what, like, I always tell my friends and stuff. It's like, when we do shitty things and you end up finding out the hard way that that sucked, but you have that <laughs> yeah. story forever. Dude, it was the amazing. story is worth it. We look like oh. scrappers. Like, we just found <laughs> gold, you know? Like, yeah. We're about to go make so much money off this big metal contraption. I have no idea what it is. So you have, you have an auto, but you need to, you know, get just it all fixed it. up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually got it from my friends. They just had it at their shop. And they gave it to me with like an air compressor for like three grand, dude. They've been helping me out a lot, dude. That's awesome. Like, uh, I outsourced some jobs to them, and uh, sometimes I'll go buy ink, and I swear they don't even charge me for it. They're just rad dudes, you know. That's awesome. Just over good. there. It's always good to find people that are willing to like help you out like that. Yeah, they they give it like I'll I'll like help them out and like I'll middleman some of their presses and stuff like that, you know, and like. I'll help them sell equipment if they need to, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's a good friendship. Are there any like roadblocks or anything you're running into now that like maybe we can hash out and figure out for you? Uh, do you guys use Printavo? Mm-hmm. Fuck. You're not. Can't help you with that one. Try another yeah. one. <laughs> what do you guys use? For like shop management? Yeah. Uh, we just use Google for everything. Honestly. Google's- yeah. Really? Like yeah, Google I mean, Calendar and everything. Yeah, Google Calendar and then the drive for all our artwork. And then... Um, yeah, use Zapier? No. <clears throat> you guys should get on Zapier. So we just use like, we use like FreshBooks for all our invoicing. So yeah. we'll go through, make the invoice, and then we'll, you know, download it. And then thing is too, is I won't send invoices from FreshBooks. I'll download the PDF and then I'll send it through Gmail. The reason why I just like Gmail is because like everything, every conversation, everything with that customer is all saved in that same email chain. Yeah. So that's why like, I keep the invoices in there. I keep the mockups in there. I keep everything in there so that if I ever have to go back and be like, well, this customer said this, that's I can go back idea. and look for the whole thing. It's always archived. You're saying in the Yeah, cloud. it's always archived. It's like, it never goes away. So like, I'll even have folders in my Gmail of like, you know, paid orders, whatever, so that I can go back for like the entire existence of our business and find that whole email chain of like exactly what was said. I get people all the time that text me, like try to like text me an order or they send on Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, email it to me because, and I make them email it to me. Like there'll be friends or whatever that I've dealt with forever that are just like, can I just do it over the phone? And I'm like, no, email it to me because I want a hard copy of what you're saying. Yeah. Like I want to be able to refer back to this. You know, they might be like, they might be like, Hey, is there any way you can like add two more small red shirts to this order? Like on the phone. 
And I'm yeah. like, email that to me because I want to have that in this order. So that if anything gets messed up or I didn't order those two shirts or whatever, I can refer back it. to that and say, this is where I screwed up or this is where you said this. You know, we get people all the time that will say, you know, they approve a mock-up, but they're like, oh, you know, but, but I want to do this. Or could you make sure you make it vintage looking or something? And it's like, if I didn't have that record in there they to go back and change it, then, you know. I had one. Up. I had one homie in Denver that needed tags and he said something slight about it in the email. But then like I sent him mock-ups, there was no tags on it. He was like, those look great. And, then and I they approve him, it. Exactly. Dude, like yeah. I sent him like, I sent him literally paid me a couple hundred bucks just to do video of the whole production, send those to him in a Google drive. And then he just like, I sent him like pictures of it after they were done and like posted them on my Instagram and stuff. And he's like, dude, those are amazing. And then when he got them, he's like, dude, there's no tags. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's always some kind of mystery. You, what was your solution? How'd you, how'd you fix that? Uh, he was like, actually, I kind of just like him like this. I was like, <laughs> we, what we could do is we could order some plastisol transfers or you can just order some, you know, sewing tags and just do them yourself. If you really want to stand out, you know, but right. you didn't give me any artwork for the tags. You didn't, you, the, the shirts were here, you mm-hmm. know, but like, if I need to ship them back, like, let's just do it. We'll reprint them, you know? Yeah. That's one thing. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, Dylan. I was going to say, that's one thing that like we implemented a couple of years ago now, I think is like a super detailed mock-up form. Like yeah. we used to always just do like a mock-up of like, you know, here's the, here's the artwork, here's the picture of the shirt. Like, do you approve this look? Um, but now we have a mock-up form that's like, here's the, the, the actual mock-up shirt. And then here's like, this is exactly what Pantones were using. This is exactly like inches down and wherever the placement is. And this is, yeah. you know, like every detail you can have about the shirt that we're about to make on this mock-up form. And then they have to approve it in order for our art department to even touch it. Like it won't even go to the art department until that mock-up form is approved. What do you mean? Won't go to the art department. So like, you mean to go, go to, yeah, to go to like steps or anything. How do you have to do your steps? You just have graphic designers. I just have a guy that does it in you know, in the shop, that's all he does all day long is artwork steps. Yeah. I got a graphic designer that does it, which I, he never worked in shop. He just does it remotely. Like he'll stop by sometimes, but yeah. just like my ads and stuff like that. And he, yeah. uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to communicate with him better. Yeah. So each one of my sales people, they do the mock-up forms. Like the art department doesn't do mock-ups or anything like that. Okay. So like the sales guy, We'll, you know, put the artwork on the mock-up, do like pick all the Pantone colors, do everything. And then once they get it approved, it just goes in, you know, on Google Calendar or whatever that that job is ready to go. And then the art department just does the steps and sends it out to the CTS to be done. So your, your you, sales, they've got to be designers then. Basically. Not really. They just know to use, how to use Photoshop enough to make mock-ups. I got a friend that like brings in a uh, yardstick and finds out the dimensions of how long the shirt actually is. And like, you will like, be like, yo, this is actually exactly what it looks like. And I'm just like, I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. Basically what we did a long time ago is we just took like, a, you know, some of your most popular shirts, like a Gildan or a Bella or whatever, and took like a size medium or large and then actually measured it, you know, from collar to seam. And then we made, uh, just like took a picture of it afterwards and put it on Photoshop and then figured out like, okay, from this seam to this seam, it was this many inches. And then we made like a grid on Photoshop of like, this is the inches. 
and oh, then that's from, rad. You made a template. Yeah, so we just made a template that's actually to scale. So then we just basically when we make the mock up, we we would snap it to that grid of like, okay, it's four inches wide, and then we would make it in four actual squares. Wow. And then that would be done. But now like doing it for so long, like we still have that model that we can use, but now it's just you kind of can eyeball it. Yeah, the mock-up form enough. It, I mean it it works really well and if somebody's super particular we'll still use that but for the general customer or for the general salesperson as long as they get trained enough and get used to making it on there they get to yeah. they tend to start to realize like you know the, oh that looks like a 10 inch wide print or oh that's you know 13 inch wide print do you know sorry go ahead no it's a, so i they just basically get so used to doing it every day that they don't need the grids anymore do y'all both have sales associates yeah. Yeah, how's that? I mean, you, you kind of have to at a point. Yeah. Do you guys just have them, like, handle certain customers? Do you have them go hunt for customers? or mm, All of ours are, uh, for, for us, it's all inbound stuff. We don't do any um, active sales. We do, we do marketing, you know, and so I guess there's that. Sometimes we reach out to people, but not often. Um, we probably need to do a little bit more of that right now after uh, this whole, uh, because COVID, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but normally we have um, customer service uh, reps, you know, that, that take in, incoming calls or somebody at the front counter that walks in or yeah. uh, email. So I have, there's a, actually a girl that is a quote specialist. So all quotes that come in from online, it goes directly to her and she, she, she takes that. Um, a lot of times those people aren't going to come to our shop. It's, we're going to be shipping to them or something. That's pretty cool. So, so yeah. And so they're, they're very familiar though with the process because it's complicated, you know, I mean, you have to, somebody's going to want t-shirts and hoodies. Yeah. And, uh, and so you have to, you know, be aware that the print might not fit on a hoodie. So that's, that's an issue. Um, but yeah, we, we have, um, it, it's weird. It's so awesome to listen to, to Dylan talk about, and you, you know, talk about how you, how you onboard or, and actually how you do proofs, you know, because it's so different for us. Like, yeah. I can't believe you're like our customer service reps would never, I think they, maybe they could eventually learn how to, how to, how to prove something up. But man, we go through the whole process of back and forth creating art for somebody. Let's say they don't already have art and you're, and you're creating art for them. And that's the final proof. Eventually they say, yeah, I approve that, you know, at the very end. And, they, and they're doing that with the designer, not with the customer service rep. Yeah. Or not the salesperson or anything. So, um, so, but if we did do something like that, then I was, that's why I asked like, oh, so you're, are your are CSRs, do they, do they have design background? Because how would they, how would they go about designing something? So we've talked about this before though, with like me using freelancers for design is, basically say we get a customer that owns a barbecue place like you know something you would do or whatever and they're like i don't have a logo this is what i want though um so say sarah one of our salespeople or whatever she'll she'll take that information and she'll know okay this guy's really good at this like one of our freelancers is good at what you're describing so she'll just send in like fiber and stuff no not for fiber i i don't really go that route i'm more just like we've been doing it for so long that there's definitely people I find on like Instagram or whatever that like, for sure. I see their style and I see, I make I basically get a relationship going with them that I, a lot of times what I'll end up doing is I'll just buy something myself. Like I'll go to that designer that I like, I'll look through their portfolio. It's not like quick either. It's not like I go on 
one day and I looked at everything and I'm like, oh, you know, let's work together. I just did like, that. I just did. I just bought like three designs that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So I'll just go to them and I'll be like, hey, I like your work. Um, can you do like some upstate stuff? And I'll pay their fee. You know, it might be like six, seven hundred bucks or whatever. Do their fee, work with them, see how it is to work with them. And then I'll be like, hey, I actually have this customer that would work great for your style. Um, whatever. So anyway, I end up, I have like five or six people that I like to use a lot, like every single day. So Sarah will take that info from that customer and she'll just email that designer and be like, Hey, this is, you know, this is what this customer is looking for. And then usually within like one to two days, I'll get an email back with like a proof. That's what I was going to ask because how quick is that turnaround? Yeah. I try to generally tell them if they're going to be like on a regular, you know, rotation of who gets what for design wise, like you need to be faster at getting us a proof. And nine times out of 10, the stuff is like, it's not like crazy complicated illustrations. It's like, like I said, it's a barbecue place. How so much they does might that have cost? to draw. Like typically, what is that? I gotta, get a, bar- I gotta get a barbecue place, dude. Y'all make me hungry. Y'all both <laughs> no, have barbecue bro. places. Um, a vegan barbecue place. It's, a, it's a, usually it's a couple hundred bucks. I'm not vegan, dude. Oh, okay. My girlfriend's vegetarian, <laughs> but and she she likes going to vegan places, so I just go in there, and the people are pretty rad. So. <laughs> I totally would have taken from the end of this that you were a vegan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I clarified. <laughs> I had chicken nuggets last night. <laughs> yeah, that's the most non-vegan thing you're going to have. Hey, it is what it is, man. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't want to kill animals, but I mean, every once in a while, like, I'll eat something. Like, I told, I just told you I bought a skirt steak. It would have been better at the end of that if you're like, every once in a while, I just kill animals. <laughs> every once in a while, I go hunting. <laughs> You know, just, and I'll I'll leave it there. Just leave it there, and then make that like <laughs> make that the preview for the podcast for and then target my customers. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but how much? So how much is how much does that cost? So you so you send out a design. Yeah, you send out a design, and they send something back. Let's say it's a four color. Usually, oh, honestly, if it's like like I said, if it's something super easy, where it's like a construction company, and they're like, I want you know, two hammers crossed with my name on it. And it, you know, it's something super simple that a designer can honestly put together. I know everybody says this, like you put together in 10 minutes, but like if it really is something they can do in like a half hour or whatever, they usually charge like 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, But if it's something that's like, you know, Hey, I want you to illustrate this or whatever. It's a couple hundred bucks. It might be like 200 bucks, 300 bucks. Do you have a, um, in your expenses, in your do you, I don't know if you have an accountant or what you do with your uh, um, financials, but do you I have? Just, a, I just like do like ducktails where I have a room full of gold coins, and every morning <laughs> I leap off and I dive in them. Is that part of Perfect First? I didn't, I didn't read yes. that part. Yeah, yeah, it's like you open ninety-five bank accounts, and then you have a room full of coins that you jump in. <laughs> <laughs> but but really you have so do you can you look and see okay i spent this much on mm-hmm. graphic design freelance, on, yeah, yeah. on freelance so you know because yeah. that versus having an in-house full-time designer yeah. or two or three or four or whatever it's like, definitely cheaper it's definitely cheaper because the cost goes i don't pay that cost at all especially so it doesn't matter. currency fluctuations yeah i don't pay that fee at all so like the, the designer might be like okay this design's 60 bucks I go to the customer. I go to the customer. I'm like, hey, he says it's going to cost seventy five bucks. You don't just you don't just outsource for life. So I might make fifteen bucks. Right, but you don't just, you know, we've so 
It's so I'm trying to make more than 15. I've already quoted out that job. So like, let's say you have a job for, for hundred shirts. We've already threw a quote and they say, okay, go. And we just build in that cost. To, yeah. to the quote. So no, in the beginning, in the beginning of the conversation well, on the email and they're like, Hey, I want this many shirts, but I also don't have a design. Okay. The very first thing we do is don't worry about the shirts yet. Like let, we need to do the design first. Like the first thing before I can quote you before I can do anything is we need to figure out what your design is. So yeah. the very first thing, cause I don't know the designer might be like, this design looks way better as a four color. And I quoted the customer as a two color. I don't want to go that route. So the very first thing, the very first step is, all right, let me, you know, within a day or two, you're going to hear back from us with a sketch of what you wanted for a design. You get a deposit nope. for that though. Mm, sometimes uh, we get, sometimes we get paid up front. Usually, usually I get paid up front for the design. So like it, <laughs> It depends on what it, how like how complex it is. Like if it's going to be a fifty dollars design, I usually just won't worry about it because they'll end up paying it later. But if it's if something you know that's, this customer, like yeah, like if it's some yeah. something that's going to be like a couple hundred bucks, I'll be like, okay, the designer says he can have a sketch for you, so they'll give him just like a quick sketch of like this is roughly what it's going to look like, and they're like, cool, I like that, let's go with that. Then they'll pay the full fee, and then once the designer finishes it up in like another day. Then I'm like, okay, here's the final design. They're like, awesome, it looks great. Then we'll do the shirt order. We'll be like, okay, like Maybe let's do the whole. Yeah, and then when the the invoice, it's like, you know, here's all the line items of like small, medium, large, extra large, whatever shirts. And then it's screen fees if there is any. And then one design, like the line is design, and it's like, okay, it costs 250 bucks. It costs 250 bucks. And then I don't do screen fees anymore. I just give it like. I put the design fees and everything in there and I look at yeah. the number and if it looks good, I'm like, this is the final cost. Just everybody, everybody does it different. Corners. Yeah. People, but, I just learned people try to cut corners. Yeah. I'm like, well, what if we get rid of this one and we do this, you know? But long story short with the designers, it just, like I said, if anything, I make money on it and we get really cool art for all the prints because we're yeah. picking specific people all over the U S that do really awesome work. So. I'm just starting to find that like, uh, cause I have vulgar and like, I don't have time to sit down and design stuff. So I just started finding designers on Instagram and Fiverr and I just yeah. have them do my designs and then I just print them. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of like having my own design staff. It's just, I don't pay them until they do some work. They're contractors. Like, right. They're, they're freelancers, but it's not like every time I need to do a design, I have to go find a freelancer. I just have like people that I made relationships with that I'm like, you know, here's work. And then they come right that, back. I pay them credit card. Yes. You say what? Card. And then I make that money back. You pay them with that same card, man. He's on it. Yep. Dude, everything is paid for that card. That's what I really need to do. I mean, I split my stuff up pretty decently. Like I have a tax account and then I have like, and I have a profit account where I don't touch anything. Then I have an owner's compensation and then my personal stuff. And then I have an income and operating expense account. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all within the same account. It's just like every time I get anything in, I take 70%. I put that in operating expense and then I put 10% into the tax profit and then owner compensation. Yeah. You know, so it's taxed up. Yeah. I just let it all sit there. Like I said, after every day, it's just if I don't use it, it sits there. And then the next day, it just sits there and stacks then up. I, then I just end up with a room full of gold coins and I go, look at that. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait, I got to spend all this. <laughs> yeah. And then I end up buying a piece of equipment just to piss Andy off. Who, 
You guys have <laughs> nice equipment. What kind of equipment do you have? Um, you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. So I have a uh, a particular piece of equipment, which is an auto reclaim machine that's way better than the, the one Dylan's considering. Um, I personally know how to how to do, run do, it. Do, because, do. No, no, yeah, no. I guess you, there's a finishing part at the end, but I have the M and R uh, modular, and um, yeah, how much does one of those cost? It's badass. Um, a lot, but. Yeah. Uh, how much does somebody, but hold on. So how much does paying two people standing yeah. there all day cleaning screens cost? That's, that's, sure. that's the thing is that it's a loaded question because a lot of people always ask that they're like, well, how much does that equipment cost? Oh, I can never buy that. Whatever. It's like even you where you're at right now, like say you're a manual printer and you're starting to do automatic, you're looking at everything of like, Oh man, that's going to cost so much money. But you're also yeah. at the point too, like you said, is where like, Oh, I'd love to hire somebody to do this. or I'd love to hire somebody to print. It's like yeah. you look at the cost of what it's going to cost to pay that person and that insurance and everything else. It's like you could also look at the same a, a piece of equipment that can automate that that's going to save you that much more time. Like in Andy's yeah. case, he buys the Ecotex. He doesn't have to hire one or two more people to clean screens manually all day. He has one guy who runs that machine and then the machine pays for itself because he doesn't have to hire more people. Yeah, that makes sense. So you could buy and a piece of equipment that's like $100,000, but you got to think that that's paid off in like two years worth of somebody's salary. That's why and I that, bought an auto. Because I was sure. like, they're, they're just, manual printing takes a long time. Also, yeah. that spot in reclaim cleaning screens is tough to keep somebody for more than, well, I don't know, three to six months in that spot, in that role, because it's, you know, it's a nasty job. It's nobody wants to do it. Nobody really wants to do that for, for a long time. And so, yeah, it's a, it's just one of those where to automate, I can't believe we didn't do it sooner. Really it was a space thing. That's why we didn't do it sooner. But, um, yeah, it's, it was a great, it was a great move. How um, many other automate, like automated machines do you have? Mm, so, uh, we have an auto coder and, and an, and an eco rinse. I mean, that room is every machine by itself in that screen room is is good and is nice, but when they're all together, there it's a system, you know, and so yeah. it's just exponentially better because the auto screen coner makes your eye image work better, which makes your eco rinse recipe work consistently, which then also makes your eco uh, the reclaim work consistently because everything is always the same you know it's repeat, very repeatable it's like you're, basically, you're, basically you're just trying to get rid of you're trying to get rid of as much human error as possible it's not sure. like when you automate you automatically think people think that oh you're getting rid of employees or whatever it's like you're just you're making the quality of life for that employee better exactly and you're giving them an opportunity to learn it's not that you're getting rid of people it's just that you're giving the people that you have more opportunity to do other things in the shop to save you more time and more money and everything so like i told Emmett, i was like yo once we get this auto running if you don't have shirts to print hop on the phone with me we're gonna start exactly. calling right. people but you gotta think if you had a guy just cleaning screens all day long like say that's all he was doing is cleaning screens he hated his life he was wet all the time he's just cleaning screens sucks <laughs> So you buy an yeah. auto reclaim and he, he gets to do everything he was doing before in a quarter of the time. Now he's got three quarters of that time to help pull shirts off press or, you know, stack things at the end of the dryer or whatever. He can learn new stuff about being in the right. shop. So now. you can use him for other things. Like what other things do you know that he has like in his head, you know? Some people are yeah. smart, dude. Yeah, you can teach people different things. Yeah, and like the things that they even know, you know, they can they can teach you a bunch of right, stuff. Right. Well, that's the thing too is you might find out that that guy's actually better suited on press than he is cleaning screens. 
Like you won't yeah. know until you try. And then you hire somebody else to clean screens and then you do the whole process over. That happens all the time here. Somebody yeah. is in a role, maybe it's at the dryer, or maybe it's even as a, um, maybe it's at shipping and receiving and they're like, oh, I dig embroidery. And so, you know, they go up there for a week to make sure that they really like it. And, and then you find out they're to- awesome. Yeah. And then they move up there. So yeah. how many employees do you guys have? Dylan? I have seven. Dylan. You have seven? Mm-hmm. What about you, Andy? Uh, we're at 17 with one on maternity right now um, that are fully back at this point. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we used to be uh, a, a little larger than that, but I really like this this number right here. Um, yeah. I don't know that we can be much busier, though, and still keep up, but I don't know. It feels it's a weird reset. that was like a forced reset that happened. Yeah, it's really kind of crazy to kind of come back online with how we used to be and start start to build with just the uh, with the with the team they have in place and trying to try to add people back. It's so weird, really weird year. I can only imagine. I I mean, like I'm in like we'll be two years in July, so we're in like a position where we're still like building our systems and building our team and stuff. So I can only imagine having that stuff in place. I love those. I love being, I love those times though, growing from, yeah, you know, two people to, to 20, whatever. It was so fun. You know? Yeah, I know. I'm having a blast, dude. Like just like, even the people that work with me, I don't like say they work for me. I just say they work with me and like he'll, Moose will come over and he'll just be like, dude, I fucking love working here. Like this is, this is crazy. I'll be like, did you just want to go, you know, smoke a joint or something? Like, yeah, let's do it, dude. It's just like you can actually build a cool culture of people who actually want to hang out with each other. Yeah. It's like I give them three day weekends, you know, and like we do four days on, three days off just because I think it's like really important for their mental strength, you know? Mm-hmm. Before we go, I have, I want to, you had a Printavo question, and I know, um, I think I know some people that you use Printavo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got a couple guys that can help you with that. So I'm going to. For real? Yeah. And also, Dude, Pintavo so is supposed right. to be. Uh, I hear there's going to be an update coming that uh, is is pretty cool. That as far as scheduling goes, because uh, right now we built this whole. You asked what we used earlier, and we use Monday, and we built yeah. this whole uh, Monday platform. But it sounds like anyway, Printavo is going to look kind of similar. So that's kind of. I started looking at Monday, and then uh, I went to ThreadX because. Uh, somebody from Printavo was like, they, they shot me an email and they're like, yo, check your, your inbox. And I checked my inbox and they gave me a ticket to ThreadX. Oh, so yeah. I just had to buy my flight. Yeah. And so like I got out there and I was just like, damn, dude, this industry is actually pretty fucking sick. Like these people are actually pretty cool. And these people, like I was skating when Jake, Jake, or is it Jack from Jack Prince? Okay. No, I think his name's Jacob. And we were just skating. He was wasted, but we we're just doing trade flips and stuff and everybody was just having a blast. It was such a good time. So. Yeah, the, the conventions or the shows, uh, man, that's, it, it is, it's, are like print hustlers too. Yeah. Uh, just hanging out with other people from the industry and then the after parties and everything. Definitely. Uh, totally did, you go, did you go climb Camelback out in Arizona? Uh, almost. We went up to... Um, this saddle? No, we didn't have time because we drove up to, what's that city to the north? Sedona? Sedona, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Went up there and spent three days and hiked the uh, hiked like four vortexes, and so I really found That's myself. Fun, yeah, yeah. 
I, I went to Denver and I started climbing like a mountains. And then I just saw like there was a random mountain right in Arizona, dude. I went literally three to every day after the convention, I skated like a mile to get there and then I would climb. And then like the next day I had some random dudes with me from the city. They were just like, let's go to the mountain. And they're like, whatever. And dude, they couldn't even make it halfway up. <laughs> they were like, just like these dudes I met that worked in the kitchen, they couldn't make it halfway up. And finally the third day I made it to the top and I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah, we, had, we lucked out that time of year anyways. Good weather. Now it's like 110 or whatever. Dude, Arizona is beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd never been before. I loved it. Definitely going back. When you climb the mountain, you just look out and see the valley and like all the red and the green and stuff. It's like, Dylan, where are you from? Upstate New York. Oh, upstate New York. New York is sick too. You guys just mm-hmm. went through a crazy time though. Yeah, not his, well, not his not, part of New York. Not for me, no. Really? Basically, New York City and New York are like two different places. Like New York City is like everybody who thinks New York automatically thinks the whole state is like the city. But upstate New York is like hills and trees and like it's like the Adirondacks. And, you know, we got Great Lakes and Niagara Falls and it's a lot of like hills and stuff like that. It's more trees than anything. It's it's not as crazy as the city. So you guys didn't have to like shut down or anything? No. How crazy is that, dude? Yeah. There's what did y'all take on the whole COVID thing? I don't even want to know if I want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I got pretty deep into conspiracies for a bit, dude. I I honestly just like get entertainment out of the the conspiracy stuff. So I like yeah. to look into that more than anything else. But for sure. Dude, what do you think crazy. the aliens are coming? Dude, exactly. That's exactly what I fucking said. Dude, aliens are next. 100%. I still care about other people and I still care about the issues and stuff. So it's like, I'll do what I can sure. to, to, to. How's that you know, mask on your beard? Dude, it's so, it's such, it's so hot. Mm. Sounds like an inconvenience. Yeah, it sucks, but. I mean, I'm not going to say I did it social distance because I'll be honest, I'm kind of like, like I hang out with people, but I don't hang out with people. I'd much rather be in my head and like in my business. And so like, I'm always just at home anyway. Yeah. So like, I wasn't, I don't go out and drink and party and go to bars and stuff. I don't have time for that. The people I hang out with anyway, are the people I, I'm at work with all day. So that's what it's supposed to be like. It's not really any different for me. I know real, tr- real tribe shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, well, it's been uh, good talking to you. Yeah, Andy. And, Dylan, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for it. Yeah, dude. I'll, uh, if I'll I have any questions about stuff, I'm going to definitely reach out to you guys because yeah, for sure. Anytime. I have so many questions come up where I'm just like, I don't even know how to Google this. You know? yeah. <laughs> we don't have we don't have all the answers, but if we know, we'll tell you. I got yeah, all the I answers. Appreciate it. Andy knows. He's got a fucking coder. Andy knows. A dude, I have a coder too. What the fuck? I thought you were buying a new one. <laughs> no, I have oh, the I same. Sh- I have the same shop as Andy. For real? <laughs> Basically. Who started first? Which one of you started first? We were oh, 09. So we were both we 2009. Yeah, see? So same shop. That's weird. <laughs> That's like a demographic thing. I guarantee you that the Facebook algorithm started targeting like the same things to you guys, and that's why your shop kind of came out similar. Yeah, that's it. That's weird. <laughs> Probably. Wait on that. <laughs> he's, he's, and he's worried. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well all right guys <laughs> we see you dude y'all have a good day be safe yeah, all right. you too